Where's your book? My book moved over. Good oh, afternoon and welcome. Let it stand up in front of you. To the voice of wisdom. With over 60 years of move? experience as an investment banker, entrepreneur, investment analyst, economist, and venture capitalist, Morty Davis is Wall Street and capitalism personified. The over 400 companies for which he has raised more than $3 billion over the years have created a countless number of jobs and exciting new products. Through the voice of wisdom, Mr. Davis explores, analyzes, and debates the most topical political, economic, and social issues facing our world today. Joining Mr. Davis today for a discussion on the most recent Republican debate and the 2024 race for president is Jacqueline Tobaroff. Ms. Tobaroff is an activist, author of Supermoms Activated, editor-in-chief at CD Media's online news publication, The Manhattan Press, and a weekly columnist at Human Events. And now, <clears throat> Mr. Davis and Ms. Tobaroff. Welcome back. It must be Wednesday, 6.30, because that's uh, my weekly podcast. I'm delighted to be back with you, my favorite people in the whole world that um, are the true voice of wisdom. I'm called Morty Davis, the voice of wisdom. But all the uh, comments you send me and all the insights you add to my wisdom are, are really so invaluable and so inspiring and stimulating. And I'm delighted to have Jackie Tobaroff on. Uh, she's a brilliant young lady. She wrote a book. Show them the book you wrote. Supermoms Activated. Supermoms Activated. A great book. It's uh, interviews with how many different women? 12, 12. different supermoms. Yep. 12 moms. Yep. A very uh, uplifting, inspiring book. Uh, so run, run out and get it. And also, if you haven't gotten it yet, get Happiness Guaranteed, a book that I wrote, my daughter added to it, Happiness Guaranteed or Your Misery Back. <clears throat> and because I want all my uh, listeners to be happy, that's number one. More important than all the politics and all the other stuff uh, I might discuss, all the, all the economics and then social issues uh, is your happiness. And I want to add, uh, so uh, at the beginning of the program, unrelated to the topics we have scheduled, your, add to your happiness. And I want to explain to you that happiness is not what many of us think of and, and uh, think that we'd, we'd realize that goal of happiness if we only won the um, the lottery, you know, and got $200 million or even more. In recent times, it's been up over a billion dollars. Most people would describe that as the ultimate happiness. And I have to tell you, the people that win those lotteries overwhelmingly, within 10, year, 10 years after they win the lottery, are broke. They get ripped off by people that learn that they learn, uh, won the lottery and they come around and the, the guys that are biggest uh, manipulators and uh, literally, literally crooks in, in finance are the ones that promise them the best returns 
And since most of them, or very few of them, have any experience in uh, running their money, and they get that kind of money, so a guy would come from a, a reputable firm like Goldman Sachs or, uh, or uh, Bank of America or uh, Merrill Lynch, any of the esteemed, uh, long, uh, well-known firms, and say, uh, you know, if you turn the money, uh, we'll protect it and we'll make you 8% a year, which is terrific. That compounds your money every year. Um, 8% would do it every uh, 12 years, every 14 years. 8 divided by 72. You double your money every 14 years, I think, right? <clears throat> so if you started investing when you were 20, by the time you were ready to retire, you'd have... Uh, double what you started out with if your first investment was $10,000 or $5,000. That doubles to $10,000 and $20,000 and $40,000 over, over um, 50 years or 40 years or something. You'd have uh, over a million dollars probably at 8%. <clears throat> so you'd have a really... Uh, uh, big chunk of money. But since they're only offering 8% and some of the uh, uh, guys that want to entice you to turn over the, your money to them say, oh, you don't want to do it with the Goldman Sachs. They're ripping you off 8%. I'll make you 30%. By the time you're 65, you'll be a, a multimillionaire. So it sounds much better and they have no way of knowing. They never heard of Goldman Sachs or, or Morgan Stanley or J.P. Morgan. So sounds much better to earn 30%. So they get ripped off. Some of the major uh, professional ball players who have uh, better contacts, certainly, they have than the average person, a lot of them, after they're retired from the game, 15, 20 years, uh, what's his name, who was this highest scoring basketball player, what was his name, Jabbar, before he turned it into, into a Muslim name, it was Jabbar. Afterwards, it was, um, what did he change his name to? Kareem. What? Kareem Abdul. Kareem Abdul, that's it, Kareem Abdul. And he made tons of money during his career. He was the highest paid uh, professional basketball at that time. And he, he apparently, he got some guy to manage his money and he was broke in recent years. So happiness is not something that gives you uh, an instant uh, thrill, uh, a high, uh, an, uh, an orgasm. That's not what, what makes happiness. Happiness is not what you what you take in and what you're lucky enough to receive, but what you're lucky enough to give away, to share with others. For example, if you find a, a young person, uh, you know, a three years old, a three year old or even lower, less, that you learn has cancer and needs treatment that could help 
possibly and uh, doesn't have the ability to pay for such treatment and you make a donation a contribution to his medical treatment and you watch that little boy or girl or it could be even an older person get better that gives you more joy over time than the thrill you get in winning a, a, a lottery so uh, i think the uh, christian bible says it's better to give than to receive and i found that to be true the money i gave away to charity i funded scholarships at medical schools at mount sinai i, I built schools i built um medical facilities i built um scholarship funds all of those things have given me so much more than the money that i kept because the money that i kept i put back i gambled a lot i reinvested the money that i gave away i never lost a penny i i keep getting nachas and joy so that's the definition of happiness what gives you joy and and uh, and a feeling of warmth over time and and pride and nachas all of that is uh, what gives you real happiness so let me encourage you to find some cause some purpose in life and pursue it and you'll see how it, that adds to your happiness even though at times it may disappoint you but if you keep on plugging at it you're going to be ha a happy person at the end of your life and during during the many years of your life anyway that's enough uh musser enough uh lecturing about the uh, happiness if you read my book it's the best book on happiness ever written i say that with all due modesty <laughs> but the people have told me that anyway let's discuss the issues that jackie is through her expertise and through her writings and interviewing has become uh, really knowledgeable of and uh, one thing that gives you happiness as well is adding to your knowledge people that are curious and add to their knowledge every day of their life and I, even at my advanced stage i keep learning new things and i get excited by the new things that i can learn so the first uh, question that my producer uh, prepared for me is why won't any of the republican candidates make a clear and strong case as to why he or she should be nominee over trump what happened to the electability argument in other words they if they really wanted to beat up on him and say why they should be preferred over donald trump he never got elected re-elected so they're saying he's not a winner he's not electable but they also avoid beating up on him because any anybody that uh, and the way to undermine uh, your competition is to criticize them find out their weaknesses 
and and if you watch the debates the republican debates that trump refuses to take part of because he's so far ahead if he uh, if fails in some respects during the debate he can only go down so he hasn't even joined but why why don't all the other candidates that go on criticize him so they could say i'm much better than him and, and doing this or the, the, doing that or why doesn't he do this so jackie do you have any feeling or did the, my your mom and super moms have any feelings about that or just your wis general wisdom <laughs> yes firstly thank you so much for having me on it's um I, I just even listening to the intro, you're so impressive and you're so inspirational. And really, I was getting goosebumps listening to all that you've accomplished and your advice. And it is amazing. And politics at the end of the day doesn't love you. I think you're 100% right. Whatever your politics are, whether you're a conservative, a Democrat, whatever, um, you're not going home to any political party. You're going home to your family at the end of the day. And it, it is a nice reminder that you make to not get so heavily invested in a politician who doesn't even know your name. Um, okay. Now with, now with that <laughs> intro that you, you started, my listeners, uh, my uh, shared uh, um, wisdom people, yeah, we'll understand why I love to have you back. <laughs> well, I mean, no, it, it's a nice because I'm one of those people I get so caught up in it. And you're 100 percent right. It's so silly. I mean, when you, when you really think about the grand scheme of things, like why we're all so heavily invested, why? Um, OK, so to answer your question about the electability, in my opinion, it's exactly what you said. Trump is so far ahead in the polls. I mean, every time they come out and hammer him, specifically Christie, it falls flat. Many of these candidates are not are, are, are so low in the single digits when they come up with these attempts to besmirch him or insult him. We had a great four years under President Trump and the world has just fallen apart. I mean, every day, you know, after listening to your inspirational opening, I, I hate to go down this other path, but every day is becoming um, just another highlight in and an example in how badly things are going, not just in New York City, not just in New York, not just in America, but really in the West, in the world, in, a, in, in the world at large. That's a good, good response. I must tell you, Trump used to be like one of my best friends. And now... I, I want to hear more. Now, now I can't even endorse him. He, he used to be so nice to me. When he introduced me, he said, Morty Davis, the greatest guy in the world. He's a, you know, he has the tendency to really exaggerate. What's, what's that called? Hyper, hyper, hyperbole. He said, Morty Davis, the greatest guy in the world, the, the best investment banker on Wall Street. He was so nice. And I was nice to him because they once asked me to introduce him at a, an event in Philadelphia. I flew down. I introduced him. I said the greatest things about him. And I felt that it was true because I said in Central Park they couldn't 
fixed the ice skating rink. They brought in different builders over and over again. Donald Trump came in and in a short while fixed it up better than ever. And then I said, throughout the world, he builds the most amazing edifices and office buildings and condo buildings. And I meant it. And it was a time when he wasn't married. So he was there with some, as always, some gorgeous lady, some supermodel. And at the end of the introduction, he came up and gave me a big hug and a kiss. And she came up and gave me a big hug. So he was appreciative. So he's always been very nice. And when he's your friend, he's, he's a, g- a good guy. As long as you don't cross him and show l- a lack of loyalty or disagree with him. But what bothers me about him is um, I think his attitude about um, our our system of government is one that is likely to eliminate he almost did it, eliminate democracy and the meaning of a vote. Because I'm convinced that he won't, the, the next time he gets in, if he gets in, and he, he's capable of getting in, even one of the questions below is what happens if he goes to jail. He's so amazing, he could win while he's in jail because all of the things that he's done that have not discouraged as a matter of fact, every time he's accused of some other violation, some other fraud, some other illegitimate activity, he says it's all attacking him. And it's not me that going after, it's you, and I represent you. And he's, he's just amazing. So they could never hurt him. Uh, each thing, he, he knows how to convert it into a plus. But... It frightens me that, uh, you know, I even feel that there's a good chance that, that say, that one of the questions we have here um, by my um, producer is, um, are these other Republican uh, aspirational candidates seeking the, to be the vice president? And I don't think, any of them has a, a chance because I think there's a good chance he's going to set it up like a royalty. Donald Donald Jr. or, or uh, his daughter, who, who I like a lot, is, um, is likely to be his vice presidential candidate, like like a king with a... With... And during the four years that he was in, I don't know what, what he did that was so great. The greatest thing he takes credit for is cutting taxes for the rich, who needed like who needed the extra money, like a like I need uh, like I need extra money. I mean, you know, except to give it away and do good things with it, uh, they don't need it. If they get an extra million, they have everything they want. They're not going to get. What we got got to do is give it. To help the economy, we've got to give it to people that have a propensity to spend whatever they take in and even more. You know, so you don't 
I, what else did he do great during he told people to take uh, some kind of uh, poison that would cure COVID or something very unprofessional what 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 did he do that was great during those four years he didn't get us into a new war so that that was good what did he do during the four years that was great that you think was a great four years I think the Abraham Accords were great. <clears throat> I think we didn't go into any new wars. I think that was great. I think he brought Americans for the first time to the table. We got to see how things really work. Um, I think also during his presidency, blacks were employed more than they've ever been. Women were what? employed more. What? Employment was down. Which went down? Sorry, I said during his presidency, employment numbers were the best that they've ever been, right? So we had the Abraham Accords, we had great employment, we had no new wars. I think also what happened um, with, with COVID brought out all of these amazing insights into how badly we've all been played. I don't think prior to him had we really seen the level that we were all being played, not only by the medical industry, but by the educational complex. I mean, we've it, it feels like we were really being misled on so many different fronts. And because things were going at least to some degree pretty, pretty well, we weren't paying attention. And then all of a sudden, we had COVID, we had BLM, and we got to look behind the hood of the car and we saw things were not going well at all across many different you know spheres things were really falling apart and i think now we see i mean under this biden administration um just how tyrannical sorry go ahead well what you just said was occurred during trump's administration yes yes so why 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 don't you hold them responsible for that well, I think it was all the lead up. We didn't have any sort of reason to look behind the hood of the car because we all thought everything was okay. We thought, you know, look, education's okay. We thought, look, you know, the people in the news, they're telling us the truth. They're journalists. They're not going to lie to us. Um, listen, as a mom, I never argued with my kids' doctors. If they told me for my kids to take a vaccine, done. We were in. I never, you know, I, I kind of, I did. I abdicated my parental responsibility. I never checked anything. I just assumed my, my children's doctors, pediatricians were telling me the truth and they had no reason to lie. And then all of these things started happening. Um, again, COVID, BLM, and we started to see nothing is how it seems. Let and me get this. Right. Since uh, Donald Trump educated you, you don't listen to doctors anymore. I don't remember listen. one. It wasn't Donald listen, Trump. You'd rather listen to politicians. No, no, no. It, was, it wasn't Donald Trump that educated us at all. Actually, it was those specific people. It was the doctors lying to us. And no, but you, you said you don't trust doctors anymore. Right. But why it wasn't you, because of uh, Donald Trump. Why don't you trust doctors? It was because I don't trust actually anyone. And it's because of those individuals, not because of Donald Trump. For example, 
the Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. She made a blanket lie, which she has never apologized for. I think she said over 100,000 children were in serious, quote, serious condition uh, and hooked up to ventilators due to COVID. That was a, a patent lie. She never apologized and she was never called out for it. I didn't need Donald Trump to tell me that she was a liar. I listened to her myself and I saw at the time what the situation was. So based how on- you, how, do you, how do you know that, that that wasn't true? Well, because I looked it up. That was patently false. At the time, only 4,000 children were, and by the way, the 4,000 children, it never said were in serious condition due to COVID. It could have been a comorbidity. It could have been something else, but I looked it up. Um, where, did you, where did you look it up? Uh, I have to go back. I mean, multiple sources. I, I went online. You, you probably looked it up too. I'm sorry? Sotomayor probably looked it up too. It depends, maybe, uh, it depends on your thoughts. I think that the vaccination was the most amazing thing. I've, I've had it every time. I've had the, now maybe the fifth. I haven't, I haven't one day of problems. They told me at one time, because they tested me, they said, you had COVID. I said, I never had one day's uh, even indication that I had it. So the vaccination works great. And and now they've undermined the idea that a lot of people don't vaccinate their kids. And and if you if you know the history of vaccinations, we used to have lots of uh, diseases. Kids had the mumps and the uh, chicken pox and and uh, measles and, and and worse. And because of vaccinations that are given to kids at birth or shortly thereafter. We don't have those problems anymore. And these people undermine the validity of, of uh, um, vaccinations. The, the uh, polio is, was destroyed by uh, Jonas Salk came up with a vaccination that eliminated the polio. So, you know, it's like all, all nonsense. Just as he said, China sent it to us. He doesn't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't send it. We we create as many diseases as anybody else through our lab work. So I don't I don't mean to undermine your faith in Donald Trump, but he's the greatest super salesman in the history of the human race. People, other 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 presidential candidates dropped out if they had. You're too young to know. But they dropped out just because of some minor incident. Muskie dry, dropped the was the leading candidate for the Democrats at one juncture. Then because he, he spoke at some event and somebody told, told some sad story and he cried. They said he's, he's not capable of being president. He's not strong enough. Then uh, the fellow from Colorado what was his name? And the uh, Democratic guy who was running for president. He was in the lead. What? Say it louder. Gary Hart. Gary Hart, who said to, to the media, they asked him, we hear, we hear you have a girlfriend. He said, oh, bull, that's bull. You could even follow me. So they, they took his advice. They followed him and they, they saw this girl go in the back door of his apartment. And he went out on a, he, he, he's totally honest because he went out on a, uh, on a, a yacht called Monkey Business. But all minor events, 
one one of the uh, guys was chosen for vice president and was in the lead and then they found out that somebody disclosed it that he went to a psychiatrist so he had to drop out when when trump said i could walk up to any woman reach under her uh, dress and grab her vitals or something i don't think he said vitals uh grab her interesting parts and they like it the head of the republican party said you have to drop out you know you can't uh, run after he said something like that and uh, steve bannon who i happen to have dealt with in in one uh, deal is the most uh, obnoxious guy i've ever dealt with in all the deal dealings i've had arrogant he thinks he knows everything and it works for him because he's reached the top of everything uh, it was like number one advisor to president so clearly trump is the greatest salesman ever and nothing penetrates nothing hurts him they used to call that uh, what a snake oil salesman you know when these guys came around in the old days with a wagon and they had every cure for uh, bottles for every cure and people bought it you know so uh i don't know what what it, the the big the thing that i know the most that he's proud of is that he cut the taxes that's a persistent um aspiration of the rich i mean of the uh, of the republicans to cut taxes for the rich they said the poor don't don't have deserve uh, any special treatment because it's their fault if they'd work like i did they'd have money you know they blame the people that that didn't make it notwithstanding they didn't have the preparation that they had and, and the schooling that they have and so forth so i don't know why why but it's great because he knows how to turn a, a lemon into a lemonade so you're convinced there was a great four years i agree with you that he didn't enter any new wars for that i love him and i think he did great by uh, israel because every president before him even though congress had voted to make jerusalem the capital of israel and every president during their platform when they were running said they were going to do that and every time they were pressed to do it they said now is not the right time and trump did it so he could he could run for uh, for president of israel uh, donald trump and he'd win by a landslide so i like him for some things but i think he's going to undermine democracy for sure well i mean i disagree <laughs> but you know i don't know how we undermine democracy any more than what's currently happening i definitely did not feel like my democracy was undermined under trump whereas i absolutely do now um, I mean, if you look at these Jewish students or basically any non-terrorist supporting students at any university or college in America, they certainly don't feel like their democracy is uh, being protected right now. 
Um, but you don't feel you don't feel uh, denying the uh, the results of election and saying I should be president. It's not it's not undermining democracy. Well, I feel like you won the presidency. I don't feel like it was um, at all. All his advisors told him he didn't win. Even well, Barr, Barr, who was, uh, uh, they all suck up to him. And they all told him. And and he, he did 60 cases at uh, in court, 62 cases. I think one judge took him somewhat seriously. All rejected his claims because they didn't have one iota, one bit of evidence that would have changed the. Uh, yeah. Look at the judges, though. They've do, been you, missing do you think? Do you think Pence should have rejected? Shouldn't have rejected what the president asked them to do? Yes. He shouldn't have. No. Even though that's his job, to bring the 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 results of the votes of the electoral college to Congress. All he was supposed to be is a messenger. That's what the Congress, the constitution says. And Trump said, don't do it. I and, think and, and Trump uh, lost by seven and a half million votes. I don't believe that. But uh, look, that shows you that, that he's a super salesman. No, no, that's not, you don't have one bit of facts that, that asserts that, that supports that, that view. Well, Here's, here's what we do know. We do know that the judges threw stuff out just even before they heard it. That's number one. We also they, were know judges, they were judges overwhelmingly that Trump had appointed. We also know that Facebook set up these drop boxes and everything else. How much did Facebook invest in this election? I mean, is that who, not interference? Who, who told you that? Who told you that drop boxes were bad? It's been all That's over. That's for voters. I'm sorry. I think I think that's great. It helps people to vote that can make it to the. What about their biased approach? They were shutting down conservative voices. They were shutting down Trump's message. They were shutting down all sorts of information. In fact, I know this 100% because when I would post anything about COVID, I was shadow banned. I was thrown off. I was deplatformed, as were so many of my friends. Now, for the city council election, I can tell you when I went to go vote this past time, and I spoke to Councilwoman Ina Vernikov here in New York City, they also pulled some funny stuff. Uh, they messed around with the hours that the uh, that the um, election sites were open. They ran out of ink. They told people to come back. I'm a mom. I don't have time necessarily to come back. This was pervasive. So again, I'm not arguing. I don't know anything about how they count or about the machines. That's not at all what I'm talking about when I base it on the fact that I don't believe he won. I'm basing it on the fact that I think there was tremendous interference with the election based on Facebook and based on different elements coming together and making sure that information was suppressed and making sure that it was very difficult for certain people in Republican areas to vote. You're so charming and so compelling. <laughs> Questionable. I don't want to. I, I never want to find myself disagreeing with you. But, you, know, you can have you, you can have your own opinions, but you can't have your own facts. Are you going to call me Am I going to call you what? No, I'm going to call you beautiful and charming and questionable. Why would I call you Mashuga?
<laughs> look, you're you're one of many because look at the the where where Trump stands versus all the rest of the Republican candidates. So. Okay, wait, I have a question for you. I know that this is your show, but I have a question for you. Please. Are you going, firstly, it's a two-part question. Do you think that Biden is going to be the nominee? And are you planning on voting for Biden? I was planning to vote for Biden till the Israeli issue came up. And uh -huh. and he and, uh, unfortunately, some of his Jewish uh major appointees, Lincoln, what's his name? Abraham Blinken, Blinken and clients. Some of the, some of the top guys are saying, you know, give them a, must, uh, have a, a five day uh, hiatus so that uh, it's human humanitarian. And it's outrageous because all you're doing is opening up the opportunity for them to re, 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 what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? For re resurrecting, resurrecting their, their, I can't even think of the words, their horrific uh, behavior, their, their cruelty, their, they have no right to say that because yeah what, what it's interesting what they one of the arguments they have is look yeah the 1400 people were killed on october 7th but since then 11000 uh, hamas people or palestinians were killed so based on that uh, the, the israelis are the bad people during the second world war the british bombed Germany and killed 70,000 people. The Germans bombed Lon London and, and uh, England and killed 2 million people. So the Germans must have been uh, uh, okay because uh, the fact is that the, the Hamas wants to, you know, Israel is just responding to Hamas. I got that backwards actually. But uh, <clears throat> they started a war, and then after Pearl Harbor, we didn't say, let's stop. You know, we, we, we bombed their ships, and they, they stopped at the... I mean, we even over overreacted. 3,000 people were killed on 9-11, and we should have gone after Osama bin Laden, like we ultimately did and got him. But we went to war on, at... Uh, in Afghanistan, we we attacked the country. I mean, we're, we're that's a completely different subject. But we're a very we've become a very belligerent nation. You know, I loved uh, Ronald Reagan. He said nice things about me. I have it on my. Uh, uh, What's it called? Uh, on my Facebook, on my uh, on the internet, all the nice things he said about me in my book, the first book I wrote, "Making America Work Again" was the name of the book, and he was very complimentary. But his argument that if 
if we have strength, military strength, it avoids our getting uh, involved in wars because people are afraid to start up with us. We've been in more wars than any other country in the world since the end of the Second World War. We had no business that I know of being involved in North Korea and Korea. I don't, I don't know what we were doing in Vietnam where we lost so much blood and so much uh, wealth, so much billions, trillions. Vietnam and Afghanistan, we, we lost again. So many young people, the, our most valuable asset, young men and women, what were we doing there? And, and as a matter of fact, if I would praise Biden for anything, he's such a schmuck. If, if Trump did it, he'd be raved, saying what a genius he is. Biden got, took us out of, uh, out of uh, Afghanistan. God bless him for that. So, so they said, oh, 12 people got killed or 20 people got killed. That was wrong. But the generals did a lousy job of preparing but he got us out, and everybody before him said we got to get out of there. And then what was the last one? Afghanistan. Uh, now we're involved with uh, Ukraine. There was no effort, and there I criticize Biden terribly. He made no effort because Putin said, "Don't let Ukraine join the uh, uh, NATO, and I won't attack Ukraine." We didn't need Ukraine and NATO. They don't add anything. If anything, it's a burden on the United States because if they get attacked, we any NATO nation gets attacked, the United States guarantees to go to war for them. He, but there was no effort made right away. They, they, they could have said to Putin, "Okay, we won't let them in." But I'll tell you, if you if you then if you attack, you're going to be fighting the United States. That's the way to do it. You try to negotiate. You try diplomacy. It's true that what's his name, uh, Chamberlain, in the Second World War, came back from Hitler and said, "I negotiated. I gave him the uh, piece of land in Czechoslovakia or something. Uh, it was like a big thing, and there'll be peace forever." And then Hitler, both of that, Chamberlain was beaten and then destroyed after that because he made. He made that deal, so appeasement doesn't work. But at least it's worth trying diplomacy, even if it fails, instead of right away losing lives and look at all the money we've turned over to Ukraine. And I, we don't see an end to that. To that. So I'm not the, a great lover of uh, what uh, Biden's, and since uh, he's taken this attitude lately towards Israel, um, I think I'm going to, so they asked an older woman, who are you voting for? She says, I'm not voting. They said, what? It's a valuable thing. You know, why aren't you voting? She said, what was her answer? It only encourages them. She's right. <laughs> it only encourages them. So anyway, I didn't mean to do a monologue. No, I mean, I listen, again, I, I think you're super insightful. I value what you have to say. I don't agree with everything, but um, I definitely agreed with some of what you said, 
specifically Ukraine. Um, I don't agree with Afghanistan. Oh, I, you, thought, you thought we should have attacked Afghanistan? No, I, I think I think even though everyone had been saying for a while to leave, and I think leaving was the right thing to You're do. You're talking about leaving. I'm saying we should have never gone in. Three thousand yeah, people were killed. I'm with you. Why are why why are we attacking a country that didn't do it? They were because Osama bin Laden. You know, but we're so beloved. You know, the guy who was the most brilliant. I thought he was a terrible president when he served. Was Dwight Eisenhower? Because in eight years we had no wars, no, and he wasn't considered the big, big heroic president. Because the only way you feel you seem to be a great president is if you deal with a war. If you have eight years of peace, nothing exciting happens. So, but in retrospect, I think the guy was a genius because he was a great military. We won the Second World War because of him, the Allies, and uh, it was phenomenal. And when he left, as every president that leaves after eight years, or even after four years, said what a, says what a great job they did, how much better they made the country. You know what he warned us about? He said, we got to be careful and watch the power of the military industrial and uh, uh, complex, military industrial complex. And he warned us and we, we you know, we ignored the Monroe Doctrine where Monroe, Monroe said, the United States should only get involved in, in battles or wars in North America and South America and on our home base. We've never been bombed in our whole history. We, Pearl Harbor didn't bomb the United States and we were in more wars than anybody. We get we uh, we end the Cold War, so the next thing we know, there's no there's every reason why Russia should be upset. Yeah, um, my producer is asking why didn't Trump get us out of Afghanistan? He didn't have the time. He was dealing with uh, COVID. <laughs> he was de dealing with telling people not to have the vaccination. Anyway, I don't. I want. To, I don't want to take your time because you got. You speak for. No, you speak. Speak for twelve moms. That's more important than anything. No, I mean, listen. I I love it. I I again. I don't agree with everything. I agree with some of what you're saying, but I think I I really value your opinion. Um, I think that. Um, Listen, you have so much knowledge and you're an inspiration and I, I respect what you have to say. How do you feel about the um, Supreme Court justices that Trump appointed, which they're so proud he, he raves about it. I, I appointed that eliminated the choice abortion um abortion problem i think for republican candidates um and i think what do you mean they got they got they got the democrats elected but i right they i think never won. i think the democrats would have never never ever won women turned totally against uh not all a lot of women are pro choice pro life yeah but that that one day you know they couldn't have done anything 
more powerful to help the Democrats. I don't think in the last hundred yeah. years, yeah, there, there's been an interim. You know, the, the, between the presidential election, uh, the interim period, the yeah. two years after that, overwhelmingly the party in power loses tons of seats in the in the House of Representatives and the Senate. Right, and the Democrats gain seats after the expectation was they're gonna, because women that are at least half the vote. And they were motivated to go vote and, and they were angry and, you know, so. Right, right. Um, so you think that was a good choice that, I, that he made? I think, I think. Or you're pro-life, you're, pro you're uh, against abortions. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm really not. Uh, I think I fall where the majority of Americans fall, right in the middle. Um, I think that there should be some sort of compromise. I think most people, whether they're on the left or the right, um, are not pro no restrictions and they're not pro all restrictions. You know, somewhere around that's 60. Where, that's, you said that you're, you're along with most Americans. Most Americans feel that it's between a, a woman and her doctor and, and Republicans especially who feel that the, the government is too intrusive. They always said, you know, we should get rid of the government and regulations. They're well, the ones that are. They're the ones. They're, they're the ones that are preventing women from even going out of state to get an abortion. It's outrageous. No, actually, no, I disagree. I think this again. This goes back to the democratic process. You have to elect candidates. If you like, okay, for example, here in New York City, I. I'm against every politician we have, but they were all elected. I have to live with it. You know, if you want your unfettered abortions, elect people in your state who are pro unfettered abortions. Um, it just it really is just delivering it back to the state. But where I personally stand personally, I, I think, again, there's going to have to be some sort of compromise. I don't think the Republicans should hold on to this with some sort of death grip and prepare to lose every single election. I, I think they need to come to Jesus about this, quite frankly. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's interesting you say that uh, it's the, the election should determine what Congress and the president pass legislation, what they, what they should enact, right? <clears throat> so overwhelmingly, like almost 90% of Americans feel there should be some gun control. There's no, no, it's not even brought up as a, an issue because the, we, we don't have a democracy that passes what the majority of Americans want. They, they pass what their donors ask them, what it's run by the, the wealthiest people. Yeah. The guy that gave me the donut, I, I'm going to ask him, well, how do you want me to vote? Yeah. And, and one of the most targeted organizations and donors is the NRA, the National Rifle Association. They represent all the gun, gun manufacturers, gun wholesalers, gun retailers. They make a fortune. And they, they even resist eliminating guns that were made... Uh, weapons that were made to kill as many people as best as they can 
during a war, a hundred bullets uh, they can shoot within a minute or something with the assault weapons, and they won't even not eliminate that. Do you know that in 1920 we passed a law eliminating machine guns, and it's never been a problem, and it's, it was a good thing, and yeah. and so. You're right. It's not a democracy. I feel well, like I, I feel like what you're saying is so interesting because it is true. On the left and the right, people just in general do not feel represented. It is it is really these mega donors that are and these campaign consultants, yeah. but but these donors that are just basically they're they're forcing the hand of our elected officials which yeah. again that that does bring me back to trump and i think part of his appeal to people is that they do feel like they have someone saying what they want to hear whether I it I more and i think i think what's so interesting about that is you know, on the left and the right, like we've seen all the polls, okay? You can believe them or not believe them, but it seems like most people, let's take New York City, um, which is overwhelmingly Democrat, it's 68% Democrat, and New York State is 61% Democrat, and yet 84% of New Yorkers say that illegal migrants are a, quote, serious problem. Well, guess what? We just had New York City Council elections on November 7th, and we overwhelmingly elected not only Democrats, but Democrat Socialists of America who are in favor of unfettered illegal immigration. So, you know, there is some real disconnect that you bring up between what the voters want, what the citizens want, and then what these politicians are doing. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think... <clears throat> People generally feel the best, especially, uh, well, even the very wealthy, uh, people generally feel that they're not represented well. And because he's such a great salesman, Trump has convinced the masses that he represents them. Even when he he's convicted of all these different, 92 different convictions, uh, he says, they're not going after me, they're going after you because I represent you so well. Uh, so he's a genius at that. But, uh, you know, that at one time, right after Trump was uh, the nominee for the uh, presidency in, 19, in 2015, in 2015, he, uh, the guy who wrote the book with him, the, the Art of the Deal, a Jewish guy, his first name was Tony. Not, not too many Jewish guys have the name Tony. I think it was Tony Schwartz. And he spoke to us at a Harvard uh, Business School Club meeting. And he, he said that... Uh, this was like inside uh, gossip or whatever. He said, Trump didn't contribute anything to the book, The Art of the Deal, because he has no 
attention span. He, I, he doubts that he ever read a book. And he, the thing that he did contribute, his reputation that helped sell a lot of the books. Afterwards, I'm, I asked him when he was on his way out, I said, what do you think? Uh, is Donald Trump going to make America great again? And he said to me, Morty, not only won't he make America great again, he'll probably destroy the whole world, <laughs> the whole planet. <coughs> God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> Sorry. Gesundheit. Good, good for you. Well, it's. I, it I love. I love to hear you, and and I even though I disagree with you on a lot of things, I admire your ability to to present your case, and I would still love you. The good thing about you and I is we can agree to disagree, yeah. and still and still not be angry or, or or think the other person is stupid i think you're very bright absolutely i could and not I could, see, I could see how you got where you got you know no i, I couldn't agree with you more i think you know conversation's important discussion's important and the second uh we take that away then then there's a problem then nothing gets moved forward so i love speaking with you as always you'll get, really over, it. you'll get over it you'll get over it no no oh, yeah. I want to ask you something. Do you yeah. give your, do you give your kids or do you support giving your kids vaccination against um, the flu? You know, I have not. I I always used to, and I am not opposed to vaccinations. I just didn't like how this one was forced upon us without any sort of pregnant pause to see what would happen and who is predisposed to the issues, um, the, the problem. Um, but I did not get my kids vaccinated for the flu this year. And actually my daughter was the one, she said she didn't want it. She's 14. She didn't want it. Um, last year I didn't either since, since they got their COVID vaccination, uh, they have not gotten vaccinated for the flu shot. No, with the flu shot. No. Parents don't ask their kids, you know, I never wanted a circumcision. I was eight, <laughs> days, old. I was eight, day, I was eight days old. Nobody asked me. You know. <laughs> well, you know, I think, listen, I think um, to some extent kids have really been traumatized by COVID and by the shots and by the constant testing. And I know, you know, my kids in New York City, they went through the ringer. They were in pool testing. They were mandated to get the vaccine. Then they were mandated to get a booster. Um, I'm divorced. I actually didn't want them getting any of that. Their father did it. That's a whole other issue. But, you know, kids were prodded. They were picked. They were basically called vectors of transmission and merchants of death. So I think children, specifically ones in New York and in California, have a real sort of feeling and phobia. They were they were put under it like no one else. No, you disagree? <laughs> no. I, 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 look, you have your motives and yeah. you're, you're very sincere. I'm sure you have the best interests of your kids, 
I I felt that it should have been like uh, the draft that oh, every that everybody every American oh, is was should be required to get it because the ones that don't get it carry the the and give it to others and they have no right you don't have a free choice to be drafted or not drafted into the like in the second world war everybody was drafted even during the korean war everybody was drafted you don't have a say in that if you're part of a, a community that cares for each other you all have to do something that's beneficial for everybody not not only well, like DeSantis says, you know, if you want it, if it's good for you, we shouldn't live that way. It's not just it's good for me, but it it's bad for the rest of the world, so I don't care what the rest of the world wants. If it stops, oh, it's t he's warning me that we're, we're over time. You're so fascinating and so compelling. The time flies. When you're having fun, time flies. I'm so grateful to you. This was a pleasure. You were actually the bright spot in my day-to-day, -day, really. And I'm I'm grateful for your time and your insight, as always. I'm grateful for you, for your wisdom, and for the wonderful book that you wrote. Show, show it to my audience again. Audience, go on to Amazon. Please order Super Moms Activated 12 Profiles of Hero Moms Leading the American Revival. Inside are superstars like Tina Deskovich uh, from Moms for Liberty. We have Kimberly Fletcher, Moms for America. We have Sarah Gonzalez, who went viral. She's a host on Blaze TV. She went viral for exposing the all uh, ages drag shows. We have Asra Namani, who has a case before the Supreme Court. This is how you get politically activated and you impact policy and you effectuate change. And this book is the blueprint for how you get politically activated. So please buy a copy. Good for you. I have it from an unbiased source. <laughs> your, father, your father, who says that you've been getting such wonderful feedback from people, how much they love the book and how much they enjoy it. So I'm encouraging all of my um, oh. listeners to go out he's, and get the book. He's been calling me as I'm with you and I'm texting him. I'm with more. <laughs> but yeah, no. But I know he's unbiased. And if he says unbiased. you're getting such good returns. He's unbiased. <laughs> Completely unbiased. <laughs> Completely unbiased. The only thing he has a bias against is your, uh, your former uh, soulmate. Ah! Your husband. <laughs> there is not unbiased. 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 <laughs> unbiased. Thank you, and I look forward to having you back soon. I'd love it. Thank you. Bye. Good luck with your book. I hope it uh, sells uh, 10 million copies. Thank it should. You. It, deserves, it deserves it. Super Moms. It's a great title. Good luck. Thank you. Good luck to everybody, all my listeners. Have a great day. I hope every day of your life is better than the day before till you're all 120. After that, I'll negotiate for more for you. Have a wonderful, wonderful life and a wonderful week. I'll see you next week at 6.30.